Ah, yes, the magnificent Trolley Sourbright Crawler, also known as Trollicus brightolus. The worm's captivating neon colour makes it an easy gummy prey. Trolley! It's a surprisingly sour, invitingly chewy, staggeringly snackable species unlike anything else found on this planet. Eat me! Delicious. Visit trolley.com to shop now. Trolley, eat me! If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Dove. You use all the right skincare products for your face, but your body has been missing out. With new Dove Serum Body Wash, you can give your body the vitamin C glow it's been wanting, the hydration boost it's been craving, and the active skincare ingredients it deserves. It's time for your body care era. New Dove Serum Body Wash. Get Dove or get FOMO. Hello and welcome to the Olive Magazine podcast where you can get plenty of recipe inspiration, learn about the latest restaurants across the UK and plan your next food-inspired trip. It's just like the magazine itself, except you get to hear us, obviously. Lucky you. So this week I learned about the food of Diwali with top Indian chef Romy Gill. Anna reveals more from her hungry tour around Tokyo. And Alex shares her street food finds from her trip last week to Trinidad and Tobago. So first up, here's myself speaking to Romy Gill, who you may recognise from our October issue. Okay, so I am here with the lovely Romy Gill. Um, Romy is one of the fantastic female Indian chefs that we've been working with recently on Olive. She has an amazing restaurant in Thornbury, which has been open since 2013, Romy? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, She's been named a a BBC Bristol food hero. She's won an Asian Woman of Achievement Award. And tomorrow, actually, she's in London because she's getting an MBE for the Queen's Birthday Honours List, which is so exciting. It is so exciting. I think my (laughs) daughters are more excited than me (laughs) and that's for your services to the hospitality industry so you've you've been a busy lady I think um it 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 shows that I think if you put your you know head down to something you believe in Mm. and everybody has a dream but I know you have to work hard towards that dream if you believe in it and have a very supportive family and friends I think you can do it you will there will be times when it you will go to dark places and you will think that things happening. Yeah. And um, we all go through that. I think this year has been an amazing, amazing year for me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, saying that, I've worked really hard You're a very it. busy lady. Every, every time I see you on Instagram or Twitter, you're off doing a different dinner somewhere as well as doing your main kitchen as well. I know, I, if I don't do this, Laura, because I, it's a small independent restaurant in yeah. a very small town. If yeah. I don't do this, I'm, it's, I, I won't be able to, you know, achieve what I really 
really want to do that for my restaurant, for my staff, because they're really proud of me. Mm. Um, you know, you know not, about a week ago, I met Jamie Oliver and, and my staff was more excited than me. <laughs> I think things like that, you know, mm. it, it, ha- it just encourages them. Yeah. So you've, you've had the restaurant open since 2013, but you started off just doing dinner parties and then hosting cookery mm. classes and then making your own chutneys and things like that. Yes. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, do you know what? It's just having my daughters and move to a new place, you know, coming from a different country, from mm. a different background. Anyway, 20, 21 years ago, I think this year it's going to be 22 years ago. Um, you leave your family, you leave your friends, everything. You leave the, you know, the food, the culture behind mm. you. And uh, you come to a new country, which is you don't have friends. You don't know the food. You're brought up in a different environment, you mm. know, and um, you have to make it, make, you know, to eat, you have to start again making new friends. Um, it was hard because you, you go to a job which you don't know. It, 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 you know, but I think I'm quite a friendly and bubbly person. I think I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> so I think um, you, you have to do all, all all that. And when I moved to Thornbury, which is you know north of Bristol, mm. um, and uh, I, I think I'm very very lucky. I have amazing amazing support and really good friends who really actually pushed me mm. to kind of start doing dinner parties. And he said, "You're good at it. Why don't you teach people?" And then I wasn't scared of asking people, mm. um, you know, right to cookery schools and say, you know, I want to do this. Can I teach? Even if you don't pay me, I want to come and teach people. <laughs> I think that was all learning curves. Yeah. Learning it's a journey. You learn every day. Mm. Um, for me, I'm still learning. And I think some cookery schools were great. I, they wrote back to me. I went to, went back and they paid me as well. But it was such an amazing experience for me. Mm. Um, and then the feedback I got from the people, they would say, Remy, wonder when you write a book don't write a book which is just going to be on the shelf mm. write a book that people will make it dirty people will go back to it <laughs> yeah. write a story how you came to this country a journey which is I think um, you know all, all that kind of things and, and write as, behind the recipe write a story because mm. people like to read that so I think all and you make mistakes while doing things you know you learn from that I'm, I'm still learning I think um it gave, and I also did street food, you know, in the cold, rain, weather, everything was yeah. selling the sauces. I think I feel I have so much, so much time for those people who do that day and day, every weekend. It looks quite glamorous at the festivals, doesn't it? When it's it sunshine and everybody's having a great time and everybody's happy. But actually, it's really hard slog, you isn't it? To to the toilet. Street- you can't go to the toilet. You can't leave the stand if you yeah. don't have loads of people working yeah. with you. I think, and you can't, sometimes some people don't even eat food, you know. Yeah. I think... Um, and we all go and, you know, if people didn't go, we wouldn't be able to support these people. It's very mm. important to support the small producers, small mm. farm, you know, all that is it's very close to my heart. I think all that kind of I learned from that and met so many people. Um, I wouldn't have been able to open the restaurant if I, you know, didn't learn in that mm. journey. Well, so if any uh, of you readers might have recognised Romy from her recipes that she did with us. So that was in our October issue, which had those brilliant uh, salted maple glaze uh, pumpkin donuts on the front cover. So Remy, you did an incredible um, Diwali menu for us, actually, didn't you? Yeah, because did. Diwali's this weekend, um, and this was kind of a menu inspired by your native West Bengal. So do you want to talk us through the menu, why you chose those dishes um, and why they're important to Diwali? Yes, uh, indeed. Um, the samosas are such a big fan among everybody in the mm. UK, or if you go in India, it's like a have a cup of chai and a samosa or a pakora. I think um, to teach the right way yes. of making the samosas, you can do so many variations, but that's how I make and how I learned. Um, I think choosing that as a, it's like a street food, it's mm. a snack, every, you know, everything in it. So I think 
people do love it. Everyone who goes to the restaurant or street food, they'll pick up a samosa. And, yeah. You know, have even if you go to a corner shop, somebody's <laughs> selling a samosa yeah. in there. Um, I thought that would be really good for the listeners to make it. You can actually make an abundance and put in the freezer as well. Yeah, they take a little while. They take about two hours yes. um, plus some cooling, but it's kind of worth that effort. You can make a big batch Just and, batch. Then, and then... Do you know what? Have friends over. Make like four or five friends. Make it with the, have a glass of wine or champagne like and make idea. a day of that. <laughs> yeah. And, and freeze because the kids love it. My daughters mm. sometimes take it to school. They'll eat it cold as well. Yeah. You know, um, and then I chose the recipe lamb because I love pomegranates. It's it's the way I grew up. Yeah. So what, how is this? So pronounce this dish for me. Anardana gosht. Okay. And that's lamb cooked in pomegranate, which yes. I'd never heard of before. That kind of cooking with pomegranate See, in a curry type sauce but it works so well it's so beautiful color as well, yeah and it's really just the good. rich color um the reason it works really well my, when my mom and grandma you know out of season pomegranate they would dry the pomegranate seeds mm. or you can buy them as well if you if you don't have much time um and my mom used to dry them my grandma used to when i used to go to from west bengal to punjab mm. i mean my grandma wouldn't waste anything mm. and she used to dry them and then keep it in a jar mm. And dry the seeds and then it keep it outside for a long time. Or then she would grind them into a paste mm. and whenever they were really, really dry. And then use in the curries, just a sweetness, you know, yeah. the sourness. That Sweet comes. and sour is yes. such a unique flavour, but it works so, so well with, with the uh, with the lamb. It, really, really incredible dish. And it's so easy, easy to make and the beautiful colour, just with, serve with plain rice. You mm. don't really, because it's so rich lamb curry. Yeah. Really don't need any pilau rice or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And the third one I chose, the reason I chose that, because rice pudding in each state is made so differently. Mm. It, this one does take long time, but do you know what? It is such, well worth the effort. Yeah. And um, in India... When you know, here as well, when you you know when you have stopped drinking the milk, when you first um, ever solid food, yeah. that was my first ever solid food. <laughs> That's um, a good one to go on to, I would say. <laughs> and uh, but the thing is, it's just the way they you know every state in India make it. But my mom always made it that way, and I still remember how patient she mm. was with it, sitting on there and stirring continu- continuously. Which I don't have that patience. We <laughs> just keep it in a low heat; will work as yeah. well. But I think it's just the love affair um, with, with the kind of food she used to do. Mm. And I, th- I think I kind of take it on. And I kept it quite traditional and then um, had a bit, a little bit twist, twist in there as yeah, well. Yeah, it's got so beautiful, it's beautifully fragranced with saffron and cardamom, which is just two of my favourite things. It's just, it was, that was really comforting when we tried that in the test kitchen. We we always kind of keep going back yeah. for more. I think it's so comforting. The cardamom is, mm. is so good, works so, so well. I think it's a comforting food. Yes. The reason is October is coming warm, you know, mm. after the warm, we had a wonderful weather this year. We did. Uh, <laughs> and uh, coming to October, is, you know, it's kind of cooler. So it's the warmth you you know, you get that from the all all three of them recipes in there. So all of these recipes were in October issue. So if any of you subscribers or um, people who bought it on the newsstand, you can go back and flick through the issue, or you can always have a look on olivemagazine.com for Romy's brilliant recipes. Um, and tell us about any other dishes that you think are particularly traditional for Diwali? So Diwali is a festival of light, mm. you know, it brings happiness. It's, it's about winning over good over you know, in evil. So it's, it's kind of a... Uh, it's it's one of the best times of while I I grew up in India. It yeah. was because my mum used to make and all these aunties, neighbours, we used to call them aunties, mm. used to come together and make all these different kind of sweet dishes. And, you know, I'm just sitting there and looking when I could eat them. <laughs> and um, one thing was very traditional was to make a clay house. Well, the kids used to make a clay house okay. and then leave it to... Um, 
dry and mm. then we used to paint it oh amazing and, so and put a dia dia means like a candle you know put in a earth, earthen pot yeah we used to put some ghee or oil and light it yeah and uh, it was about um bringing Lakshmi. Lakshmi means money to the house yeah. and, and keep all the doors and windows open. Yeah. And all that little traditions, you know, yeah. I, I used to do all those things because, you know, we didn't have computers. We mm. didn't have gadgets to play with. <laughs> that was, but it was, I loved doing all those things. And when I tell my daughters, they just look at me. Um, it, it, and I love to go. October time is because the pujas, the mm. Diwalis. Um, and it's a festival where people are all happy, all together. Mm. And it's very much Northern India celebrate, Hindu celebrate, Sikh, Sikh people celebrate, Jains celebrate. Um, and there are lots of people who, like in down south, they will celebrate in different time. Right. Onam and they will just, you know, so in my sort, the lights and everything is so beautiful. Yeah. I think that's why I say to people, if you want to do India, go to India and travel, please just don't do the triangle. Okay. You have to go <laughs> to the places that, um, you know, there are, there are some amazing tribes in India. There's some food that, you know, you've never eaten, the street food. And don't get scared of street food. Mm. Try it, try it. And, you know, I just tell people, don't have to go to the five-star hotels. There is no need for that. No. Um, go to people's houses, you know, if you know someone, make an... We need to make friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for Diwali, again, coming back to Diwali, it's just... Um, you know, new clothes was a time of getting new clothes mm. as well. Um, so it was exciting time of the year, you mm. know, and in a in, in restaurant, we are going to celebrate on Saturday. And it's always near the Halloween time as well. Okay. And uh, so we celebrate um, in, in a restaurant. People, when people come, we'll have flowers in a, and it's beautifully done. Yeah. We had, and it also, the kids who work in my restaurant or the people who work in my restaurant, and they need to understand, because it's an Indian restaurant, mm. they need to understand the culture a little bit. Yeah. And when people come in, um, why are we doing this? We cele celebrated Holi this year. Yeah. Um, and, and people loved it. Good. So I think uh, Diwali, again, is so, you know, it brings, I, I, for me, it's one of the festivals I always will go back and, and to India about it or celebrate here. Yeah, fantastic. So, Remy, tell us what you're up to for the rest of the year because you're a busy lady. So, you, are you telling me about a fantastic charity event you're doing with lots of Southwest women? I know, Laura, Laura you have to come to that. <laughs> you know, there are so many women there from, from me. Yeah. Kim, Kim is one of a very good, um, and he's a chef, but he helps everyone so much. He's helping me organise this event for Action Against Hunger. Okay. Uh, the reason it's close to my heart is because I went to Burma with lots of other chefs last Last year. Yeah. Um, and the work they do, the charity and where the money goes and how they help, you know, different kind of it, 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 all the things they do in, mm. in other parts of the world where they, you know, we need to help them. And so I just asked all these ladies and Kim helped me asking. And they all said, yes, you know, Amazing. we've got Rosie Bickett, we've got Olia. Uh, we've got um, myself, Zanti Clay, uh, then Peck, Ellie from Peck Cafe. Great. Um, and then uh, Elisa, she's a very upcoming kind of a food writer and, mm. and doing that as well. And there's another lady, um, a few other ladies, it's Chaitna Makan doing it. Right. Uh, so it's just, just, just like... Oh my God, everybody said yes. Yeah, it's incredible. If you're a punter, you're going to get to try some incredible food. Nine different, and it's so cheap. Yeah. We, we're keeping it £60 a head. Okay. And you get a welcoming drink and nine different dishes cooked by all different chefs. By super talented ladies in the Southwest. And so what date is that? 27th of November. And that's at your restaurant? In no, it's Elk? in Utlush. Ah, okay. Josh, Josh cool. is giving us that place. Okay, you know? cool. So for uh, listeners who don't know what that is, that's a fantastic site in Bristol. Yeah. It's uh, some, yeah, 
it's beautiful yurts and then um, it's right by the train station exactly so, yeah. you don't even have to walk even if you've had loads of drinks you can actually catch a train <laughs> stumble to the safely to the train station <laughs> okay cool well that's super exciting so where can people find out more about that or buy tickets Is that on it's website? on the Action Against Hunger website and Perfect. it's going on my website as well and ladies are tweeting out all the time and Bristol Food Connection is helping us as well brilliant they um, you know everybody's come together whoever we asked everybody's come together and helped to help us that's really and it's never happened at all female chef and food writers event a really special thing I know please do come and support us I'm going to have to go back to the West Country I think All right. well thank you so much Robin that was so interesting and I can't tell our listeners enough to to try these recipes because they're so special Um, and yeah good luck with the event thank you A big thank you to Romy. And remember, if you like the sound of any of those or want any more recipe inspiration, you can head to olivemagazine.com. Just head to our recipe finder. Next up, here's Anna talking to us about her recent trip to Tokyo. We're talking about Tokyo again this week because we were so interested in the ramen last week. I want to know what else is out and about, (laughs) Anna. Tell tell us what you saw. Okay, well, the biggest shock for me was the amount of plastic food outside of restaurants what plastic food yeah so and it honestly it looked like the food that you would get inside so there'd be bowls of sort of plastic (laughs) designed like the food that you would get I think it's so because there's quite a lot of a language barrier yeah that you can't really read the the menu yeah so there's a lot of can't um, guess yeah so that it was a bit a bit weird to see. Okay, so a little menu preview. Of, yeah. Of little, okay. Cool. And then there are also sort of streets in Tokyo where you can go and buy all of this plastic food. I love like that. Sushi. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Excellent. we we spent like half a day going around looking for best quality plastic sushi. <laughs> Good. <laughs> okay. So apart from the classics, uh, there was a lot of obviously sushi. Mm-hmm. Not so many conveyor belt sushi restaurants. I thought. Oh, um, I'm surprised. Be, yeah, I thought there'd be quite a few more in such like a modern and electronically sort of orientated yeah. uh, city centre. Um, and we spoke about the ramen last week. Yeah. And also the okonomiyaki, which is one of my favourite Japanese yes. dishes. Yeah, I love that. Describe that for the listeners in case you don't know what that is. So it's like a cabbage pancake. Yeah. It's very um, gooey, crispy, and then it's smothered with the, um, it's almost like a brown sauce. Yeah. A really sweet, sour spicy brown sauce and then Japanese mayonnaise mm. and bonito flakes and seaweed. Yum. Is there prawns in there sometimes as well? Yeah. Yeah, you can yeah. have prawns or octopus or Ooh. if you have like the seafood version. Nice. So instead of being handed this um to the table, you um you actually a lot of the places you make it yourself. So you sat oh, really? almost like a teppanyaki, yeah. So yeah. you're sat around the table. Okay. And there's a hot plate and they bring you a bowl with all the ingredients and you even have to mix it yourself. <laughs> Service, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. That's quite cool. So, yeah, it's um it's really fun and it's almost like a Sunday brunch thing to do. That's so you cool. go and have like a few beers and wait for your for your okonomiyaki to be flipped and things like that. So yeah, it's sort of like a DIY service. That's really, really cool. Yeah. I always think it's a bit like a Japanese um, bubble and squeak cake. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but much, much tastier. Yeah. Uh, we've got a really easy recipe for that online as well, we haven't do, we? Yeah. We have in a recent issue. Yeah. So you should definitely check that out at olivemagazine.com if anybody likes the sound of that. They've got prawns in mm. and that one's, um, a lot of the places have the bacon on top as mm. well. So you sort of fry it with the bacon on the bottom so it goes crispy. And then it is like a really gooey sort of really super tasty pancakes. So. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. a like, perfect brunch thing. I'm going to yeah. have to make that this weekend. That sounds good. Okay. Um, so sort of on the same lines, they also have something called takoyaki, which are okay. these sort of 
balls of pancake. Right. Um, and the chefs are expertly flipping them in these. It's almost like a dented, um, like a waffle maker, but oh, yeah. like a bub- like bubbles. Yeah. So they pour a tiny bit of, <laughs> of the pancake mixture in and then they're sat there um, with two chopsticks, just flipping them with expert precision. I love this. Um, they have uh, sometimes octopus in them. So okay. they've sort of got like a bit of the oct- um, slow cooked octopus Yum. in the middle. And then those, those are also with the Bonito Flakes, this like sweet, spicy brown sauce mm. and the mayonnaise as well. That sounds really, really so good. A lot of people, actually, I was we um, where we were staying, there were quite a few around the area and a lot of people went in for breakfast with a highball, okay. which is whiskey. <laughs> I was going to say, is that the same highball yeah. that I know and love? Because <laughs> that's extreme. So, yeah, that's um, that's the breakfast okay. of, of the area we were staying in. That's one way to uh, shake up the cockles yeah. in the morning, yeah. Um, also... Probably one of the cutest things that we ate was called Doro Yaki, okay. which is a fish-shaped pancake oh, stuffed, <laughs> stuffed with a really, really thick sort of bird's custard, really thick custard, right. custard. and then um, another option is you can have it with like the sweet red bean paste. Okay, so fish-shaped, yeah. but sweet. Yeah. Um, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they, they're really popular with, with children, but yeah. we had to try a few. Just yeah, <laughs> just to make sure, yeah. yeah. But it's almost the, the machine that makes the pancakes is yeah. all as exciting as the actual pancakes themselves. Yeah. So they have them behind glass windows and, yeah. you know, everyone sits and watches them being filled and flipped. And That's so cool. Yeah, they're, re- they're really nice and they're sort of like the street food. Although, surprisingly, no one really eats and walks, so you'd always get something and then sit down or, you know, go to a park or something. Now, I'm a big fan of street food, but not the whole walking yeah. and eating thing. So I'm I'm with them on that because I just think indigestion. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fan of eating and walking. I have to sit down, take my time, enjoy. Yeah. It was um I think someone had been the year before mm. we'd gone and said to us, Yeah, if you start doing that or eating on a train, people will look at you very <laughs> Good. I'm with so, them. Yeah. yeah. Um no smelly food on the train. No, I've seen people eat all sorts on the tube. Mm. It's um yeah, there seems to be no barrier. I've seen like people get out loads of Tupperware, knife yeah. and fork. <laughs> Not just, you know, late night McDonald's. But um so yeah. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah. Okay. Um and there's also a new trend in the restaurants in Tokyo oh, right. where you, you they're standing up restaurants and so you get really good I know it's almost like a a way up of so you get really really great food by quite famous chefs right but they can charge lower prices because of the turnover and because they don't really have to provide any waitering service or anything like that so you get really good quality food um and obviously the yeah you don't spend that long eating it but you can you know it's sort of a a really nice way of trying loads of different types. You just um, need a bit of gabascon afterwards yeah. because you're not sat down. Yeah, <laughs> standing up restaurants. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. There was a restaurant in London that opened last year that was standing up that didn't fare quite so well, I yeah. don't think, did it? I, I wonder whether that will translate very well over here. Maybe. Yeah, I, I didn't actually eat in one because mm. of that feeling that when I go into a restaurant, after walking around sightseeing as well, yeah. or, you know, just walking around doing some shopping, you do want to sit down, sit down <laughs> yeah. yeah, and maybe like Basic human right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, we they were really popular over there. Interesting. Okay, yeah. so that's one to look out for, standing up restaurants. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that sounds cool, Anna, but was there anything that you really didn't like? Because I can imagine there's some questionable things yeah. in Tokyo as well. So uh, my... The way that I 
deal with food is that I will always try it once. Yeah. If I don't like it, I probably won't have it again. <laughs> yeah. So on the first night, we had the chef's selection of okay. sushi, and I think I was a little bit naive. And <laughs> <laughs> sure, um, bring yeah, it all out. I'm fine. A lot of... I'm a cookery writer for Olive. I'll have anything. <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. try it. Um, yeah. So I wasn't too much of a fan of sea urchin. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I yeah. did try it, but it was quite, it was the texture um, yeah. that was a bit questionable for okay. me. And also the herring row, which okay. was very hard sort of very firm. and <laughs> nice. then it sort of explodes in your mouth into the into the row so yeah I wasn't a huge a huge fan of that yeah I'm glad they can't actually see the faces that I'm yeah. making now <laughs> just imagine grimacing listeners um yeah that doesn't sound yeah amazing the horse sashimi as well was really big okay. in Tokyo so there were actually uh, restaurants designated you know just designed for horse sashimi but we didn't try it just because we were so obsessed with all of the curry and all of the ramen yeah you have plenty else to try exactly when I went to Parma last year in Italy I was surprised at how many horse butchers and how many um menus that I saw horse on I think we're so anti it here because of we you know ride them and that sort of thing that we don't think of them as food and obviously we had the horse meat Burger scandal, scandal yeah. but actually around the world, lots of people eat it. But it's interesting. I would never think of it on sushi, so yeah, that's that's very interesting. Okay, cool. Thank you very much, Anna. I am um, definitely thinking about Tokyo for my holiday next year now, but I won't be having sea urchin. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Thank you. Thank you. And last but certainly not least, we have Alex, our lovely editorial assistant and digital writer. She has just come back from a trip to Trinidad and Tobago, and here she is speaking to Charlotte, our web editor. So, Alex, you've just been to the Caribbean. Was it Trinidad and Tobago? Yes, yes. Um, two islands in the Caribbean just off um, Venezuela. Right. So, yeah, I had a, a great time. I was doing a, a food tour of the islands, um, and it was involving lots of street food. Okay. Which is great because I personally am a huge fan of street food because um, I feel like, especially when you're visiting new countries, it's like the best way to get stuck into right. the local culture. Literally yeah. stuck yeah. in. <laughs> So what was the best street food you had there? Um, oh, gosh. There was so much. Um, I'd say the first thing to do um, when you get to the airport in Trinidad, if you're flying into Trinidad, is to head straight to the adjoining food court. I know alarm bells really? sometimes go off. Airport when, food? Yes. Well, well, it's technically just next to the airport. Right. Um, but um, the vendors prepare this really Moorish street food snack um, that they have for breakfast. It's called um, Doubles. So they um, slosh like ladles of curried chickpeas between uh, these two fried flatbreads and then they twist into like a pasty shape. Um, but one thing I'd recommend is going early in the morning because sometimes they set out by like seven. They do 200 oh a day. <laughs> yeah. <for> me. <laughs> um, but also they have them on every street corner. So um, one place that w- looked really, really popular with all the locals was Mitch's Doubles in the Woodbrook uh, district of Port of Spain. Um, which is the capital of Trinidad. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the most amazing place to be because all like religions and cultures really integrate and they share festivals and everything. So mm-hmm. you can imagine the street food and, well, the food in general is just incredible because they have gyros, which are they're Syrian wraps, right. which are really good in their We've had those in the magazine before, I think. 
have we? Well, yeah, we've done a recipe for oh, those. Sure, maybe yeah. that's before my time. <laughs> um, and um, also, my one of my favourite things is was roti. Have you ever had it? Does that have something to do with chicken? No, Whoops. good guess though. <laughs> but it's um, it's actually from originates from India and Southeast Asia. Oh, roti bread. Yes, yes, of yeah. course. Sorry, so rotisserie. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, so for anybody who hasn't had them before, they're like a savoury pancake. Yes, yeah, so they're almost massive, aren't they? Yeah, they roll them out and then they cut them up and um, fill them with things like we had curried goat or beef, or to be fair, anything, mm. um, anything that they have. Are you supposed to share them as part of a table because it's so massive? Oh, maybe. So we had individual pockets of them yeah. um so we had like little pasties nice. i had about three they were so good <laughs> um but what i love about them is they're really chew like almost chewy in their texture yes oh it's so delicious um and also in trinidad you can even have street food on the beach Ooh. so if you think about like caribbean like there's lovely sandy beaches with the turquoise water not not to make everyone jealous <laughs> but um you can have um this amazing, I think it's one of the best sandwiches I've ever had, which is a big claim. And it's called Shark and Bake, or Bacon Shark, some people call it. Um, bacon Shark, some people Shark and Bake. And um, they've set up a little hub on Maracas Beach in Trinidad. And there's about five stores and they all sell the same thing. But um, Mom's, Mom's is the place where lots of the locals go. Uh, that was closed when we were there, but the one with the biggest name is Richard's Shark and Bake, or Richard's Bacon Shark. <laughs> um, and basically, you go and you queue up for, and they churn out so I don't I don't know how many they do, but it's um, like again like these little pockets of fried pita, like fr- mm. like flatbreads, yeah. and they stuff it with this meaty lionfish because they used to use shark, but the sharks that they used have been renamed as lionfish so they still call it shark but it's not really shark right um and then you make your way around this condiment stand which was epic (laughs) it was like they had like five six different sauces all these like crunchy marinated vegetables and salads and i covered mine with like a sweet and sour tamarind sauce Mm. which was really good um yeah, and then you take it to the beach and eat it. So, yeah, highly recommend that. And what about Tobago? Is it similar there? Um, yes. Well, the the two islands have very different vibes. Trinidad is very go go go. They're really it's a real party vibe. We went to a steel band rehearsal, mm-hmm. and it was just amazing. And everybody's always out and about. And um, Tobago is equally as beautiful, but um, it's more laid back Mm -hmm. so you get the more caribbean chilled out vibe how long Um, does it take to get from one to the other um 20 minute flight oh wow yeah it's an internal flight they have them every half an hour so um we got up quite early to get ours but um yeah they're literally all the way through the day and um but i know the street food scene is great but what about fine dining places or something well i think tobago's probably better for that because it's more catered to tourism so uh, tourism actually is forms 60 percent of their income nice. so it's a it's a huge deal so they've um there's created lots of great restaurants with great seafood and mm. fish and my favorite was a place called Gemma's and it's on the northeast of the island and it's like a tree house 
She's mm. created this treehouse perched on the seafront. And um, and you, you know, you choose your main and the the fish was incredible. It was so fresh and it was in this really nice herb butter. Um and then the sides are served like family style. So everyone digs in and we had pilau rice and breadfruit bake. And they have a lot of places in Tobago have mac and cheese as their, as their main like family style celebratory dish. I can't go was, wrong with that. Yeah, but it just seemed weird having mac and cheese in, in the Caribbean. <laughs> so far away. Um, I've been to a treehouse restaurant, but that was in Northumberland. Ah. And it wasn't quite as warm. Well, I'm sure it was lovely. Yes. Where was that? It was in Annick, which is in Northumberland. That's a lovely place to go. Yes. (laughs) Um, And what I loved most about the the islands was just the people were incredible. The people behind the food, like I always love um, speaking about them. But we met this woman called Auntie Ali, and she was just the most charismatic person I think I've ever met like that is not I'm not exaggerating (laughs) and she owns the blue crab in Scarborough in Tobago and she greeted us with like hugs and kisses and um she was helping her husband Kenny um cook she was like dancing around singing and telling us all sorts of stories that I won't repeat here (laughs) um but she, she, yeah, she was like, don't put no straight lace jacket on me and all this stuff. Yeah. Like, she was hilarious. Oh, we should all be a bit more like that. <laughs> what about the booze? Was there anything particular that you drank out there? I know it's probably a bit of rum. Yes. Is that a cliche? Yeah, well, it is a cliche, but it's so, it's very much um, a thing out there because um, people don't bat an eyelid if you order a, a rum punch before midday. So <laughs> safe to say I had a great time. Um, and they also have this great um, sorrel drink, which isn't alcoholic, so that's just a bit of a sugar rush. Um, mm. Yeah, it's really unusual. I don't think you can get it here, but um, I will I will check and um, write it in my article online. One of the things that you definitely should do if you go is go to... Sunday school, which isn't a religious thing. <laughs> it's um, where locals and tourists go on a Sunday at about eight o'clock and they have them all over the island. Is that in the morning or in the evening? In the evening, sorry. Yeah. And you, everybody mingles and you listen to steel bands and DJs and, yeah, you just dance around and get taught local moves. But I was, I was definitely shown up by some of the locals because the dancing was incredible I, I really was <laughs> did you give it a go at least I did I Excellent. did I had a go that sounds like the kind of school I'd like to go to yeah yeah definitely Ooh. um but yeah there was obviously I could go on for a long time yeah. about all the places but I'm currently writing my top 10 street food spots and Trinidad and Tobago which is going online um this weekend so if you want to check that out and also I will be um, we've got a brand new feature uh, where I will be including some images um, in the magazine in January. So okay. pick up a copy in January. Okay. Otherwise, head to olivemagazine.com. Of course. For your top 10. Yes. Thank you, Alex. Thanks. So that was this week's Olive Magazine podcast. Thank you very much for listening, as ever. And remember, if you want to read any more about what we've been talking about today, you can pick up the magazine in all good supermarkets and news agents. You can head to olivemagazine.com, where we publish content daily, including recipes, restaurant reviews, and travel around the world. And remember, you can always tweet us, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, phone us, email us. 
send us a little letter. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a few seconds in your day today and love what we're doing, please, please, please review and rate us on iTunes so that as many lovely people like you can listen to us as possible. Thank you very much. Happy listening, happy eating, happy traveling, and we'll see you next week.